I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess, and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we're exploring how we can adopt a more ethical approach to skincare. Yes. Oh, I know this is such an important topic for so many women listening. You know, skincare can be such a confusing area because there's a lot of kind of contradictory information out there around skincare products and you know much oh so much (laughs) and you know what what do we use and what not to use and but you know firstly where did your passion for skincare come from think that very early on I would see my mum using the good old traditional Nivea cleansing her face overnight. And so I think it was really just from watching my mum. I don't know that I started off with a passion for skincare. I think uh, for most younger girls, it's about avoiding pimples <laughs> uh, and, you know, and having good skin. But I'm not sure all of us at that age realise what that entails. I think we have more of a focus on covering up skin we don't like, which is a bit of a shame because if we understood the importance of good skincare, and that doesn't have to be confusing or too, uh, I suppose, too much when we're young. It could be just some very basic stuff. But if we knew this as a young girl or young boy, then I think it would just make the need for makeup and all the things we do later on Mm. less intense, less expensive. You know, I I think doing things right to start with has a massive impact. So for me, probably like the, the majority, I just was really focused on having good skin. But by doing that through makeup, um, which unfortunately um, is not a great start because I think, especially for younger girls, you know, the, the cost of makeup, you probably tend to go for the cheaper stuff. Um, and, you know, there is a price tag attached to cheap low price tagged things and often I find what we do to have that look of good skin when we're younger is at the detriment of our skin when we get older. So definitely my love for skincare sort of evolved as I got older and I realised, wow, whatever I'm putting on my skin topically, even some skincare uh, was actually causing problems or disruptions or irritations, uh, you know, contact type dermatitis issues. Uh, a lot of what I was putting on my skin was causing issues that I was then having to cover up with more makeup, etc. So I did realise that this is all about getting a, the right balance and the importance of figuring out what kind of skin type I am um, and, you know, really pulling back on a lot of the really aggressive stuff that I was purchasing just from your mainstream supermarkets. Um, And I also got sick of, I suppose, buying things based on what the marketing hype was. I started to feel that, hmm, I bought this because it said it was going to give me clear skin, but now I have really dry, horrible Mm. skin. Now I've got to fix that problem. So maybe I need to look at ingredients and what these things mean so I've got a better educated view on how and what to pick. So Mm. I think it was just out of frustration for me buying something to fix one problem which would cause another um, and it was just a vicious circle and I think most women and men would probably agree that's it's definitely what happens and you're just chasing your tail for this goal of good skin but it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, so that's really where it started for me was just watching my mum and that evolution of wanting good skin and realising that I just wasn't getting it by buying things based on the marketing hype that I was seeing. Mm. Yeah, it's just so interesting. You know, I think so many of us, as you mentioned, like we all kind of go through that. We just get promoted all this stuff that's like this is great for you and that's great for you and then we often end up like we're just going around in circles and nothing's working. You know, I guess what it, what's what I'm interested to know is 
When was that point for you where you kind of thought the cheap stuff is just really not working out and maybe I've got to look at something more ethical or maybe something a bit more, yeah, that's maybe a bit higher priced but will will not be such a detriment to my skin? You know, mm. when did that kind of tick over for you? For you? Uh, look, I think probably it was probably more um, of importance to me maybe around my mid-20s. Mm. I think that's when, you know, I, I probably had a little bit more disposable income to uh, look at other options. Um, and I've been a long-term sufferer of psoriasis. So um, I'm fairly au fait of you're dealing with dermatologists and things like this. So I think that for me, having that contact with a dermatologist, uh, it really opened up my eyes to understanding what type of skin I have. And, you know, yes, that's a cost of an appointment to find that out. But, you know, there's no real regulations for beauty uh, in Australia. And so for me, yes, there are some amazing beauty therapists and skin specialists. But for me, I think, you know, a dermatologist has, you know, over 12 years of experience. I wanted to just nip it in the bud. So I knew at that point in time, what my skin was like, and your skin evolves, you know, depending on hormones, age, situation, circumstance, what you're doing to environmental stresses, etc. So it's, I think, a really good decision to, even from an economic point of view, to go and have that appointment so it helps to pinpoint and narrow down what things you should be focusing on. Um, And then it gives you that opportunity to look at the products that may have those ingredients or avoid certain ingredients. So that would be one thing I would definitely recommend. And I think by having the uh, psoriasis, I was open to having a dermatologist anyway and understood the importance of that. Um, but definitely as I had more disposable income, it was it was obviously I had more opportunity as we all do to try things. But I guess, uh, you know, I was always very frustrated by spending all this money on something mm-hmm. um, and then not finding the results were there. And then you almost feel like you've got to keep using the product to get your money's worth, even though you know it's not doing any good. Um, you know, it's it's ridiculous how that works. But I, I get it. Even like with foundations, you might find one that's the wrong colour. You've bought it and you still continue to use it because you don't want to waste your money. So I get that. Um, but, you know, you have to weigh up what you're going to then have to do afterwards to fix what you've just created. And so around my mid-20s um, was probably when I noticed it the most. And, you know, I guess evolving into starting um, Adorn, which wasn't really that much further down the track when I was about 29, um, you know, obviously I had the opportunity to start looking at ingredients and things that I wanted in products, things that I didn't want in products, so that I could give a very basic skincare routine to women that wasn't too confusing, because I think often women uh, and men can get confused by what's Mm. out there. There's so much. And I do believe that if you start off very basically, then you have the confidence to add things in uh, because you're not overwhelmed with how many steps you've got to take. And ultimately, the amount of steps you need to take is, is, again, dependent on what what you're trying to fix um, or what you're trying to achieve and also, you know, your lifestyle. Some people are happy to put 10 products on a day, other Mm. people are not. So there are some key things I think you should do each day and then everything else is a bonus if you can. Um, It's a little bit like diet. There's some key things you should do and then over and above that everything else is a bonus. So it's just pulling on the things that you want to do and that you can can do and that you can afford to do. Um, But there are some basic things you can start with. Mm fascinating I think it's so it's just so interesting how those different phases in our lives kind of shape you know they just have they play such a big role and I mean in this conversation it's around you know you're in your mid-20s you were like okay I'm just kind of sick of this situation I'd I'd actually rather kind of want to look into putting something better Mm. on my skin and then obviously at 29 when you started the business it was just a no-brainer to kind of really create what you wanted so Talk to us, let's just dive straight into it. Talk to us about what your skincare routine is now, Mm. what it was back then, Mm. how it's evolved and, yeah, give us the goods. Yeah, look, I think when I was younger, it was all, again, all about that perfect skin and I think I was just under the impression that to have that, I had to scrub it away with an inch of its life. And so it was all about, you know, really abrasive scrubs and clearer sill and and 
anything that was going to strip a pimple within an itch of its life as well. And, and then and you just like, I'm just going to suck all the uh, oil out of my skin because <laughs> I just don't like it. It's gross. And then what, what happens is that, you know, you spend all this time using all this abrasive, nasty stuff that your body then starts producing more oil because it needs that protection and that, that protective acid mantle on the skin to help it uh, protect against bacteria, and, and, th- and you can look up acid mantle of the of the skin, but it's basically you know a protective layer that stops anything horrible happening to your skin. So again, infections and um, anything that's going to cause a problem. And so if you're stripping and stripping and stripping away all those oils, your body just starts making more. So you're just chasing your tail. So again, it's all about creating balance. And, you know, a lot of what happens to our skin externally is because of things that are going on internally. So, you know, you're also up against something that you can't fix topically. You know, a lot of these things for your skin, you need to look at from an internal point of view. Maybe it's a hormonal point of view as well. Uh, So again, you need to look at why this skin issue is occurring. Is it internal? Is it external? If it's internal, then there's there's things that you need to look at and address from that point of view. If it's external, you know, is it things like, you know, I I remember, you know, when I was younger, I'd I'd just have pimples on my forehead. And I I was lucky that I never had a lot of pimples. It was just the odd one. Um, So I never have had hormonal acne breakouts. I get the one or two and that's it. But I had it on my forehead and I thought, what the hell is going on with my forehead? You know, and I soon realised that a lot of what's happening on your forehead is because of the hair care that you're using. So it could be the hairspray, the mousse, the whatever you're putting on, the shampoo. Maybe you're getting like a contact dermatitis. It could be because of the hair products you're using as well. Of course, it could be the skincare products that you're using. So there's topical reasons why your skin maybe isn't at its best, and there's also internal, and I think it's a, a matter of finding those things out as well, so that you can address it accordingly. Um, you know, if you if you you know secreting a lot of oil, and maybe you're menopausal, or maybe you're hormonal, you know, no amount of topical things is going to permanently eradicate that um, because it's an internal issue. Yes, you could use products to help combat it for a small period of time, but it's not something that you're going to do with a long period of time with a topical product. So it's very much what skin type are you? What are you trying to address? The things that you're trying to address is internal or external. And I think answering those questions and often uh, a dermatologist will be one to help or, or a GP, then it makes things so much easier to address moving forward. So, you know, for me, I think skincare really started off uh, with just your cleansing probably a really horrible scrub like the, I think it was Arpre or something back in the day, and just a moisturiser. I was almost a bit scared of moisturiser. But now... Uh, my skincare, I wouldn't say, is too elaborate. I am, I'm still quite basic with my skincare, but I do think that cleansing is a massive, massive factor of good skin, and I think it's a definite must-have. You just cannot not cleanse. Um, and if you're wearing makeup, a double cleanse of a night, I think, is paramount to good skin. Mm. And a cleanse in the morning. So for me, if you double cleanse at night, um, which we're developing at the moment, is a really good pre-cleanse facial oil to help dissolve any of the, uh, you know, fatty type bacteria type, you know, your, your gunk from your makeup, dirt and grime. It dissolves all of that, gets your eye makeup off. And then you do a really nice water-based cleanser, like a gel cleanser, which we have in the Adorn range. So double cleanse at night. And I can't stress enough how important it is to remove it with something like a facial cloth or what we have, which is called a waffle weave. I've always cleansed with a face cloth or a flannel, as pommies would call it. Um, So for me, that mechanical removing of your cleanser and the dirt and grime through a facial cloth really is the small difference between great skin because it's getting that dead skin, the dead skin cells off. It's removing, you know, if you're just splashing water on your face, there's only so much that that can remove or letting the shower run over your face. There's only so much water can remove and water and oil don't mix. So if you've got a lot of oily issues of the skin, which is holding all the dead skin cells to it or holding makeup in it. If you're just using a a water cleanser and then letting water run over your face or splashing, it's not all going to come off. Most of it is going to leave a residue and that builds up over time, giving congestion and, and not great looking skin. So 
I really can't stress enough how important it is to remove your cleansers with a waffle weave or some form of facial cloth. It makes a massive difference and it gently exfoliates the skin every day. So that's another bonus of the, the waffle weave. Um, I then do like to use uh, a, a spritzer and the reason that I use, say, our rose water spritzer is because any moisturising products that you use are always better they're more enabled into the skin. The skin can take those moisturising products in if the skin is damp. So if you get out of the shower and you wait for your skin to totally dry, your moisturisers are not going to penetrate the skin as as well as if the skin was still moist. So what I like to do is spritz my face with our pure rose water. So you want to make sure you're not using something that's high in alcohol or um, a synthetic perfume spritzer because that's really going to dehydrate the skin. Makes no sense to me. But um, a beautiful rose water that's a pure rose water, spritz it on the face. It Not only is it an amazing ingredient and product for the face, but giving it that moisture and that dampness allows your your moisturisers, your serums, all of those things to penetrate a little bit further than they would if the skin was dry. So that's one little tip that I always use. Um, Just quickly getting back to cleansers though, because I double cleanse of it at night, I do usually use just an oil, my pre-cleanse facial oil that we're launching soon in the morning, or I might just use a warm waffle weave. I don't always use a cleanser in the morning, but I do always use the waffle weave, a warm one. Um, Another tip just quickly before I finish my routine is that when you're washing your face too, don't use water that's too hot. It needs to be tepid, um, lukewarm at best, because Anything that's too hot actually will strip the skin, dry the skin out, cause broken capillaries, especially if you're someone who has rosacea or any redness type issues. It's really quite aging to the skin. So try and, I know a hot shower is awesome, um, but try not to be putting your face into that really hot water because it's just not great for the skin at all. Um, so those hot baths and things like that are going to not be great for capillaries and things. So moving on from that, I would then use a facial oil. So uh, I use our antioxidant day oil in the morning. So anything that I do of a morning to moisturise my skin is to help also protect it. So help fight free radical damage, um, protect it against pollutants, things like that. So think of your day, everything you do in the day is to protect the skin and also to moisturise and nourish. And then at night time, whatever you're using is to heal the skin and yes to moisturize and nourish but it's all about protecting for day and healing at night time and that's a good way of then looking at what ingredients you're using day versus night so for me obviously then at night time I use our our night facial oil followed by our night cream Um, and obviously in the morning I also use our day primer moisturizer after my facial oil so I'm really quite basic it's just cleansing spritzing for the dampness a facial oil and then I'll use a moisturizer and then maybe once or twice a week I'll use our bamboo facial polish again if you're looking at something to exfoliate the skin and as we get older I think that the the cell renewal slows down a little bit um, and that's why skin tends to look more aged and dehydrated. We're not turning over skin cells as quickly. So you can help that by using um, a really nice facial scrub or a polish. But again, I would avoid things that have really big beads in them like nuts and things like that that are, that are quite abrasive and can actually hurt the skin. Um, we use bamboo because it's a renewable source um, and it's also very, very delicate on the skin um, and also avoid anything that use plastic microbeads. Ugh, yuck. Um, so anything that's not of natural origin. But I think just a probably once, twice a week is enough, especially if you're using that facial cloth because that's gently exfoliating. And that's why guys have such good face skin usually because they <laughs> shave like the, the, oh. sh- the shaving exfoliates so girls get on the waffle weaver or face <laughs> cloth because it's our equivalent of shaving the face getting that that dead skin off and helping cell renewal so um a good mask um i know that we're all a bit time poor so for me i do put a, a mask on ours is a pure mineral uh pink clay mask so i do put that on and usually because i'm time poor i'll just quickly put it on maybe five minutes before having a bath or five or ten minutes before getting into the shower. So I walk around scaring the bejesus out of all of my family. Lord help anyone that wants to come to the door. But I'll do that and then I just wash it off in the shower. So um, a scrub and a mask before you go out looks like you've had 
you know, mm. some amazing things to your face done. So, look, if you if you are going out on a Friday or a Saturday night, do a quick um, mask. And if you're a bit lazy and time poor, do your mask and then wash it off with your bamboo facial scrub. So it's, you know, you're sort of doing it the opposite way around. But you just have amazing plump-looking skin uh, for your makeup and you just look awesome. So there's a little tip that I do before I'm going out. Um, but, yeah, hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea around my skincare. <laughs> and I think on top of that, it's important to use some sort of sun protection. So for me, I usually will opt for our mineral foundation, which has got the SPF of 20 plus, and that's a UVA, UVB broad spectrum because we use zinc and titanium dioxide. Um, Now, we don't use nanotechnology, and I don't know how deep I want to go into that, but for those of you that are listening, nanotechnology is the science between um, an ingredient being so teeny that it can enter the bloodstream. Now, that is not a bad thing because for medication, sometimes it needs to enter the bloodstream or get further into the dermal layers, but for makeup, it's not necessary. So we do not use nanotechnology. Our products just sit on the surface. They're safe to use. But the best form of sunscreen is zinc or titanium dioxide. Um, It's, you know, not a synthetic chemical and, you know, you're not going to have reactions to it like a lot of people do with the the synthetic uh, sunscreens. I know my boys break out almost like they've been burnt with some sunscreens on the market. Uh, So for me, it's important to have that uh, sun protection um, just to help with obviously any fine lines, wrinkles, things like that. Um, And I do always put that down my neck and on my decolletage as well because we often forget those areas. Mm. Oh, I love it. Just so many good takeaways there, I think. You know, so many of us, myself included, can get really confused about all the different things we need to do and are we doing it right? And when we don't see results, we then get discouraged and it's a whole situation. So I think that's super, yeah, just super great to know, especially with the cloths. Mm. Like the, I think we might link those ones Such up. Such a simple in the, thing. So simple, yeah. you know, up in the, link them up in the show notes just so that everyone can know you can go straight there and just get them. Because I think that's something that we, at least myself, we just, we almost... Like unless we're not, we're told it, mm. it's just we'll just wash it with my hands. Like I'll yeah. just put my scrub on with my hand. Um, but that's yeah, really great to know. So I guess moving on from there, then I'd love to know a bit more about you know for you the difference between kind of normal um, non-ethical skincare versus ethical. You know, when was you were always you know in, in into the environment and all of that when you were younger. Mm. I remember from previous episodes, but when you know, when did it really hit you that we need to be kind of going down the ethical route? Mm. And, yeah, what would you say on that? Yeah, look, I think I started out like most people just focusing on cruelty-free. Like that Mm. was my main thing at the time and waste. Like I I really hated excess packaging and I hated waste and I was always an avid recycler and and reuser of things. Uh, But as time has evolved and I've had uh, started Adorn 12 years ago, there's been a lot that I've learnt in this time too. And for me, it's now really about producing not only an ethical product, but in an ethical way. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, it's important for me to have products that are not tested on animals and being produced here in Australia we don't need to, to do that, which is fantastic. Um, you know, having ingredients, though, that not only are not tested on animals and the product's not tested on the animals, but also ingredients that come from reputable sources. So people that are not using slave labour or, or child labour or, you know, they're not looking after their workforce um, when they're, they're getting these ingredients. And that's why getting... Uh, ingredients where possible from Australian resources is always best, I believe, because we know that there's um, a better treatment of the labour force um, than sometimes what happens possibly overseas. So for me, it's looking at, uh, you know, manufacturing ethically, not just not testing on animals, also sourcing your ingredients from an ethical, reputable source. Um, You know, looking at the environmental impact of those ingredients as well. So I'll use um, Australian pink clay as an analogy. So you used to be able to uh, have Australian pink clay and that that was an actual resource. It was uh, taken from 
the Australian earth and that's what it was. But it's been causing and it, it was stopped being mined um, maybe five years ago now because it was causing massive environmental impact to um, our in, our beaches and, and things like that. Without, you can look it up, Australian pink clay and why that's been stopped to mine. I don't want to go off on a tangent. But that's a good analogy because it was causing such an environmental impact that they've stopped that. So now you can have an Australian pink clay but it's been... Uh, produced with oxides to make it pink um, and then Australian clay. So it's it's not actually Australian pink clay. It technically is, but it's made differently. It's not coming as a pure resource. So for me, it's looking at ingredients that are not causing... Um, I mean, everything causes an impact, doesn't it? But what's causing the least impact to the environment? Um, the only no impact is doing nothing, not breathing, not producing anything. So it's the less impact that we can make or the least impact we can make um, when we're producing something. So, you know, for me, you know, is this a renewable source like bamboo, you know, in our scrubs? Is this is this the best resource to use for that, that scrub mechanism? Um, you know, supporting local businesses, um, local manufacturers of these ingredients, again, it's going to be better for the environment because we're not having to ship from overseas, mm. which is obviously more resources to get it on a ship over here than it is to get it locally. Um, the impact on the environment is obviously going to be affected more when you're producing from or, or purchasing from outside your own country. So it's supporting local, using renewable resources where possible, as I said, like bamboo. Um, don't overproduce. So this is sort of really coming off just the product itself. It's, it's really looking at, you know, as a whole, a company as a whole, the end-to-end -end ethical solution. It's all very good and well to say this is an amazing product. It's, it's certified vegan, cruelty-free, Australian-made, toxin-free, and all those amazing things for the consumer, but as a country, as an environment and as a world, what does that product stand for ethically? Because it's quite often the manufacturing of it or, uh, you know, the mining of it or the disposing of it at the other end that then almost counteracts anything good that that product stands for. So I'm very passionate about trying to look at things that cause the least impact and are most ethically sourced. Um, and for me, it's also about not overproducing. And having an online business means that we can produce in real time. So we can see, rather than relying on you know, our uh, wholesalers or retailers, which we don't really have many of, we've really focused online. Um, and that was a, a conscious decision because for me in real time, we know what's selling. We know, okay, we need to make more of this. We can make more of that pretty much on the day rather than, you know, mass producing, distributing it out, which also, you know, has resources to distribute all these products out to different um, stores in, using petrol and all that stuff to get it out to the stores. Those products might sell, not sell, then they end up in landfill. Selling in stores means you usually need to have your products in boxes or plastic packaging. That's more of a resource, which I'm against. So having an online shop means in real time, we don't need to extend our resource use because it's all here, it's dispatched from here. A lot of it um, is produced here as well as we do have external manufacturers in Australia as well. Um, but we don't overproduce. I've never had a product where we're like, holy cow, we have so much excess of this, we have to now put it on sale to get rid of it. We just don't do that because we can produce in real time. So that means we're not wasting resources, we're not adding to landfill, um, we're not using resources that just don't need to be used. So there's so much of a journey around an ethical product other than the product itself. I think it's how it was produced, um, where those ingredients came from, how did those ingredients get to you, and then the end cycle you know, how does how do those ingredients, uh, you know, how do they work with our waterways? You know, um, you know, are, are they polluting the waterways? You know, what happens to the product after, after that? So offering refills and reusable products, and we're about to launch refill skincare, so I'm super excited <laughs> about that. Um, you could tell I could talk for hours about this stuff. Like love I, it. it's just unleashed a devil, <laughs> and I, I just love all this stuff where if I can produce less but have more bang. I just, I love it. I love looking at ways we can produce, but at the least impact. It's almost like a challenge for me. I love it. <laughs>
No, I love that. It's it's so inspiring, your passion. It always has been. And I think, you know, so many of us, especially us women, it's it is kind of we are quite mindful and we are quite, you know, we are thinking about these things and we are really drawn to the people and the products and the companies that are very much so aligned with kind of what we believe in, which is, you know, how can we better our environment? How can we not make it worse and and everything else that's going on there? So I guess just on that note there, I guess my question to you is you mentioned kind of those core products that you've got in your routine. What, you know, if you had to literally pick three or just super minimal so like literally maybe three or four that you would absolutely without a doubt use what would they be and yeah what would they be and kind of why Mm. is that for you for me it would definitely be uh a cleanser and the waffle weave and a facial oil so if budget was an issue, that would be the three things I'd focus on. And so for me, obviously, cleansing is paramount to good skin anyway. Um, the waffle weave or a facial cloth not only removes it, but it acts as a gentle exfoliator every day, so less likely that you'd need such an abrasive um, exfoliator. And then a facial oil, you know, and I'm talking a real botanical oil, not one that's got mineral oil or silicones in it that sit on the skin and just you know, yuck. I mean, it, people don't realise that facial, a good facial, natural facial oil doesn't congest the skin um, unless it's got co- coconut. They're- there's different oils with different levels um, of whether they congest the skin or not, okay? And a lot of them don't congest the skin um, or minimally do, and then you've got something like coconut oil that does sit on the skin. So it's not ideal to use if you've someone who's got acne, for example. So you could look up all the different, like, almond oils and all jojoba oil and what's the least uh, comedogenic, which means it, it least likely to congest the skin. But the ones that we use are the least likely to congest the skin, okay? And they work in synergy with the skin. They closely emulate the sebum of the skin. So not only are they protecting from free radical damage, but a lot of really good facial oils actually help bacteria. So if you've got acne, they're actually excellent for acne because it helps fight bacteria. Um, It helps calm redness. And of course, it moisturizes. It helps protect the lipids of the skin. Like if you look up facial oils and what they do, they're just amazing. And the beauty of a facial oil too, a bit more of an expensive way of doing it, but you could use it as an eye makeup remover as well, just with wet fingertips. Um, You could use it to remove your eye makeup so they would be the three things that I would really focus on mm. so valuable and what would you say to the women out there listening who maybe they've always gone for the, the kind of cheaper option it's just not really been in the budget mm. to you know kind of maybe splurge a little bit more you know what mm. what what advice would you give to them and and kind of what would you say yeah look I think that that's um I don't want to tell anybody that's, you know, that, that's struggling financially to go and spend an exorbitant amount on skincare and, or, or, or makeup for that matter. But I can say this, and that's that, as I said at the beginning of this segment, there is a price tag associated with low price tags. And what I mean by that is often when something's produced at such a, a scale that it's so cheap, it's usually got, and I'm, I'm, it's not, not always, but usually got fillers, uh, silicones, talc, um, uh, like clay in your foundation, which dry, why would you want clay in your foundation? Um, you know, there's just all the mineral oils, these petrochemical type ingredients um, to give, you know, the look of glossy looking skin, but actually it's choking the skin and it's it's a synthetic chemical. So often a lower price tag means it's got a lot of fillers in it so that the the teeny tiny amount of goodness that's got in there can't even get in the skin because the other ingredients are considered occlusive, which occlusive means it sort of sits on the skin like a glad wrap. Um, So that if you've got something that's sitting on the skin like a glad wrap, then all of the good stuff, it might even, it might be selling you the fact it's got vitamin C in there, but how much of that is vitamin C? If it's 1%, it's probably not going to be able to get in the skin and do anything anyway versus trying to penetrate the other ingredients that are there. So it's often having a little bit of an understanding around the ingredients and also not being sold on, you know, oh, I'm getting this vitamin C serum or I'm getting... Because it's about the potency of the ingredients that are in there too. Um, 
you know, there's only so many ingredients that can penetrate deep under the skin surface layers. Um, and, you know, some ingredients will only ever sit on the surface. So it's knowing that as well. So for me, I think that there needs to be an understanding around that. It also, when you're going for more natural alternatives, they're usually more potent and you need less of them. So you could argue that whilst, you, you know, it is cheaper, some of these other brands or products, yes, more natural things tend to be more expensive because they are like just to buy some essential oils like whoa yeah. oh the price of them I'm like I freak out but you know the ingredients the the costs of them and just to even try and get them mm. sometimes is hard so um and it's not an exact science when you're dealing with real natural things because we're not um we're actually relying on that rose bush producing a certain smell of rose water off the distillery one year as a opposed to the next year it might smell different um the jojoba oil might be slightly different to one batch to the next that's the beauty of nature is that you will never have a product that's always exactly the same because you are relying on nature uh, some brands don't like that and that's why they use more your synthetic chemicals because it is more of an exact science um, but i do find that you need less like you, you might not need to be using as much to get the same impact of some of these brands that have got these fillers in them. So I would say that your, your money is almost evened out from that point of view. Um, and also when it comes to, say, makeup, you know, there's natural pigments and there's synthetic pigments. And again, you know, it's not as expensive to produce a synthetic pigment as it is a natural pigment. You need a whole lot um, more to create these natural pigments than than some of these synthetic things. So, you know, it, it really comes down to the potency. Uh, you know, yes, you might buy 100 grams of a moisturiser that's cheap and one that's expensive, but you could probably recommend that this is going, the, the more expensive one's going to last a little bit longer if it's a natural product, because there are some expensive products out there that I look at the ingredients and think, wow, I'm pretty sure people are buying that because it's $100. They think it's going to be good. So there's that too, which is very frustrating. Um, but yeah, just I think looking at the fact that it's not always going to need as much, and hopefully that you you make up from your budget that from that point of view. Mm. So interesting. I want to talk about what you just mentioned, which is that sometimes you know those of us who do have more of a disposable mm. income, and we're looking at great, what what's the best I can get for my skin? What do I need? And we often, and I've been guilty of this as well. Like we just kind of look at oh, well, what's the most expensive because that's mm. got to be the best. You know, what should we be looking out for with those higher price tag items mm. and kind of what are the ingredients that really shouldn't be in, you know, in the product that we should definitely steer away from? I I think I'll give you – I'm going to give a reference here because I think <sighs> – Wow, we really had a whole new segment for this. But there's a there's a website called Safe Cosmetics Australia, and if you jump on there, um, and we get a, a lot of our accreditations for allergen um, and toxin free from them, they're a great resource. Um, and there's some really great resources around you know ingredients you should avoid in your skincare and your makeup. And I and I do recommend looking at those. Um, but for me, it would definitely be things like synthetic perfumes, um, which, you know, are a known allergen. And, yeah, I mean, we buy things based on the smell, touch and feel. And I, I'm the first to sort of go, oh, that smells nice. But then, oh, on your skin, it's not ideal. Um, so having synthetic perfume, fragrance could be from a natural, um, you know, it could be the natural rose smell that's come from that product or there could be a natural smell to the clay that's in the product. Like there's always a natural fragrance, but it's a synthetic perfume that I would stay away from. I would definitely stay away from things like bismuth oxychloride in foundations because it's um, like a, a metal type mineral and it can be quite itchy when you're in warm weather, it can cause sensitivity. Things like talc, uh, your mineral oil, um, silica, uh, gee, there's, there's so many things that I would look at avoiding. Um, but I think looking at one of those resources and, and just educating yourself, because there are some natural ingredients that also are not great too. It's not all about synthetics. Um, I do think there's also some equally safe synthetic ingredients. Um, I'm not all for, you know, saying anything that's synthetic chemically is, is 
is bad because it's not. I mean, just as much as saying all natural things are good because they're not. Um, you know, there's lots of like poison ivy. There. There's lots of things that are natural that are not good. Like some people are allergic to peanuts, others aren't. It's natural. So, you know, for you, it's looking at things that might not be suitable for you um, versus, you know, it could be an allergen for you, but it's completely fine for somebody else. And that's why within um, the Adorn brand, we always have samples available because we're Mm. conscious of that. We're completely aware that even though our products are natural, that there may be someone out there that cannot use, um, I I don't know, they maybe, I've never heard of it, but rose water, maybe they're all, like you just want them to know that they safely can use something. So I don't think fall into the myth that everything natural is safe because that's not completely true either. Um, Yes, there's some things that I would personally avoid um, and I, I think there's some really great resources that you could have a look just to further deep, you know, deep dive into what those would be. Mm. So interesting. That's, yeah, such a great resource that we can all kind of look into and dive into. Mm. I guess um, I want to go into a bit more about how you educate your children on skincare and and whatnot. And obviously you've got boys, but, you know, the young women out there who might be looking to to get into it. But before I do, I just want to touch on if you if you were you know starting from scratch again with your makeup and your skincare and you had quite a bit to you wanted to kind of fill it out and you were like great I want to spend a little bit mm. um what would be kind of maybe your top 10 products or you know things that you would include in your um regime yeah so definitely I think skincare goes hand in hand with your makeup mm. because skincare is ultimately only on your face for a, a small portion of the day before it absorbs or uh, absorbs in or it's, um, you know, it, it's just not there anymore, whether it's, I suppose, absorbed by the heating or the air cooling or whatever you've got. It's not there all day, but your makeup can tend to be. So they go hand in hand and I can't stress that enough. There's no point having this amazing skincare routine and then all of a sudden you're putting on, you know, a really thick, goopy product um, that then is congesting the skin or even drying your skin out and then you're constantly having to fix that problem with your skincare all the time and you know let's face it if you've got good skin you don't need as much makeup as well like you might just have to even out a few little flaws you don't like um, but for me it would definitely again I, I just wouldn't live without a good cleanser the waffle um, my SPF 20 plus the the mineral foundation um, it's just an amazing product for you know someone who wants full coverage whether you're hormonal and you're sweaty it's great it stays put even if you've got dry skin I put that over my facial oil which is another of my that's my fourth go-to if you put a good facial oil underneath a mineral foundation in our range it turns the mineral foundation into a liquid so it doesn't matter how dry dehydrated your skin is you can still use our mineral powder Um, and so for me it would be those uh, I love the bamboo scrub Uh, I do find that that's a beautiful product that I probably use only once a week based on the fact I use my my cloth every day. Um, I do like to have two different oils. You can use the same one morning and night if you want, but I like to, again, do that whole protection of a morning and healing of a night. So I do use two separate facial oils. Um, I guess we're talking makeup too, are we? Yeah. yeah. So the Peachy Sleep Under Eye Concealer, oh, wow, like, yeah, that's just if, – if we ever stop producing that, I don't know what I would do because there's some serious black bags going on under this. You can't see anything. Her that's, face, your face is that's, flawless. Yeah, that's the peachy sleep concealer, can I tell you. So that I specifically had designed for my eyes and I know that everybody loves it. So that is definitely a go-to for me. Uh the, the Rosewater Spritzer is another favourite of mine and I have to say I've got one at home. Um, no, I've got many at home. I've got one in the bathroom, one in the fridge. I've got one in my handbag, one on my desk. Now, the reason for that is <laughs> – I'm not drinking it. be briny. Yeah, I know. Uh, the reason for that is because not only, as I said at the beginning, it, it – it, creates that really hydrated uh, moistness to the skin to let the moisturiser soak in, but it also acts as a makeup, uh, I suppose, prep in that you or even an after makeup spray so if you've got your makeup on and you think oh I look a bit dehydrated or maybe I've put too much on you spritz the rose water over the top of our products because they're water resistant it just 
gives this really soft, subtle skin-like appearance to our foundations. It also dissolves the makeup off your little hairs on your face. It also helps it penetrate into large pores. So all of a sudden foundation looks like your skin. So I love it from that point of view. And also bearing in mind that I said a moment ago, your skincare only sort of does so much for so long, rose water, and I'm talking pure rose water off a proper rose distillery, not a synthetic one, it actually hydrates the skin throughout the day. So it actually helps the water, uh, I suppose, retain in the skin layers so that it gives more of a dewy, uh, full appearance to the skin for longer. Nothing's permanent because it's it's just a topical thing, but it does make the skin look healthier. So it helps with if you're in aircon or you're in heating, it's going to help combat that dehydration of the skin throughout the day. It can also help regulate people who've got oily skin because you're giving it moisture um, and you're not, uh, you know, having that moisture sapped from the skin and then having to produce more oil. So I really love that product as well from that point of view. Oh, what else? It really depends on my mood almost, what I what I love on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm big on moisturising my body every day. I know a lot of people think, oh, Who's got the time for that? But I do do that. Mm. Um, I make a conscious effort of moisturising every day. And, Mm. you know, I do get little bits of psoriasis so maybe it's because of that I'm more conscious of it. But I do think that it makes a massive difference to the skin as well, Mm. um, moisturising your body every day. So we've got a really uh, beautiful, well, two beautiful moisturisers and we're about to launch a body oil too, which I'm a bit excited. I'm loving my (laughs) body oils. Like I just love them. You feel like you've just walked out of a day spa. Love it. Um, One of the other things which I forgot to mention, Hmm. which is a really easy thing to do, uh, is change your pillowcase two to three times Ah. a week. Now, you could almost do it every day if you wanted to, but (laughs) I do mine every second night. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I do every second night. Now, the reason for that is that you you do, you get build up of the oil from your face, okay? And oil from the face breeds the bacteria. It's sitting there festering and then you're putting your face on it again the next night. So if you can change your pillowcase regularly, that will definitely help with good skincare. And I do think that using a more natural, not a more, a natural, uh, breathable fibre. So your cottons, your hemps, your bamboo, um, um, your silks, um, and I know that's not a great product for people who are vegan, obviously, but your silk pillowcases are great for skin in not um, causing unnecessary wrinkles and it helps your hair stay in place, all those bon- be- benefits. But that's another thing that I do that I've taken for granted. I mentioned it to someone the other day and they're like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> and so now I've got everybody rotating their pillowcases, causing all this extra washing. But it does make a difference to your skincare. So that's mm. another little tip I forgot to mention Mm. and hair like just be careful what you're using on your hair because that product whether it's the spray or you know what is it the i'm having a mental block the um Um, the dry shampoos you know that that powder stuff that you can put in your hair to make it like Mm. look like you know, Effie, big, big, big full hair, which I love myself. I love that. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love the big hair. But all of these things you're putting in your hair or mm. washing your hair with can have an impact on your skin because it's washing down into your face um, or you're spraying it onto your skin and it's it's putting a, you know, a, a film on the skin. So your hair products, if you're like biting your nails as to why your skin's still not awesome, mm. it could be what you're putting on your hair. So have a real close look at what you're doing from that point of view. And, you know, Look, I, I'm not one to wash my hair regularly, I have to say, but, you know, you might need to wash your hair a bit more regularly, especially the younger teens, and I know mm. that was your original com- your comment around how to help them, but, mm. you know, wash their hair a bit more regularly because they are more hormonal, they've probably got more of an oilier skin, so they've mm. got to wash their hair more regularly, Wash, uh, watch what they're putting on their um, hair mm. and just get them, like my boys, I just get them started with the waffle weave. Like I've just oh, said, perfect. right, so this is for you boys in the shower now, Um, I just want you to warm it up, not too hot. Really just focus on gently rubbing it around your nose, behind your ears and in your ears because boys and girls, blackheads just go havoc in there. And if no one tells you about cleaning your ears, Mm. 
Uh, and it's, we're not talking with earbuds. I'm <laughs> talking like clean your ears, every crevice of it, because wow, that is a breeding man. ground and you just get blackheads in there. You can't get them out and it's gross. So <laughs> I scare my boys saying if you get blackheads in your ears, girls won't like you. So I'm sure they're in the shower scrubbing their poor, poor ears. boys. Yeah, yeah. within <laughs> each of their lives. So uh, definitely the waffle weave warm behind your ears, in your ears, around your nose, your forehead and your chin and, you know, do that every day and then, you you know, you'll have beautiful skin. So I have discussed that with them. They're not perfect at it but they understand it and I remind them and I think that's how you can start with your kids. And, you know, if they get the odd pimple, don't go jumping straight for, you know, some of these really harsh stripping products because you're going to wreck their skin long term um, and there are some really abrasive and, and really aggressive stuff that you can use and I think that's a real last resort mm. and something you'd want to discuss with a, a doctor um, because, you know, things like Roaccutane and things yes. like that, like, wow, they're full on and, and they, they can cause some serious other issues. So just start with a really good cleanse and if they get the odd pimple, mm. just explain to them it's actually okay, like, you don't need to squeeze it and, and carry on and, and cause more of infection. Look at the facial oils that help with bacteria protection. So we've got a, a blemish oil and that's amazing for any sort of acne. Mm. So get them into the routine of using something like that um, or an, an acne cleanser. Uh, but I would just focus on the waffle then eventually a cleanser if you think that they're actually getting a lot of congestion. If mm. they're not, just keep them on a waffle weave with warm water. They don't need to have a cleanser just yet. Mm. Wait until they're wearing makeup or, you know, if you, your boys are out, I don't know, getting dirt on their face because they're labouring or, you know, like I don't know, if they're actually getting dirt and grime more so on their face and just basic stuff, then they might need a cleanser. But for now, just leave them with that. And a nice balanced moisturiser or facial oil mm. is all they need to start with and just get them on that because they're hormonal, their skin's all over yeah. the place. Like you just want to try and bring everything back to balance, not cause any future issues by going too hard on what is only a temporary issue that they, they've got at the moment. Mm. Oh, just so valuable. I just think, you know, especially the mums out there listening, you know, ho- hopefully you all took took those away, took away those takeaways. Yes. Um, so valuable. Oh, my goodness. We could talk about. Clean here skin for- all day long. Oh, clean skin all day long. That's what we like. That's yes. what we like. Healthy looking, clean skin. Yes. So, look, we will link all of those wrecks. I think up so, in the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the show notes. So, yeah. if I can just have a bit of a look, literally just pop onto to it now and definitely I'll be ordering straight after this the um, yeah. the waffle, waffle weave. <laughs> and I want a mouthful. I like, you waffle know. Waffle Was that you're doing in there? Well, it sort of came to me because <laughs> I often do. Uh, Wednesday waffle in my bathtub. So anyone that's on Facebook might want to uh, follow a dawn and then you might just see my little face pop up. But I'm actually in my bath and um, and I just sort of called it Wednesday's waffle and often I'll be cleaning my face and I'm like, I'm just going to call this the waffle weave. Mm. So, yeah, it just sort of happened mm. and it's got a, it's just cute. I like it. It's a mouthful it. It, but um, it's, yeah. You just remember it. Yeah, it's you just do. like one of those. It's like catchy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. Well, look, amazing, Briony. Thank you so much for educating us on everything we need to know about skincare and makeup and what's good for us. You know, I've personally learned so much as I've kind of just said and, and I'm super excited to dive into the next episode where we're going to go deeper into how we can approach parenting in the digital age. More fun. Thanks. Amazing. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.